Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies newest podcast, The Spin Chagrin. You're listening to episode number two. And the category that Frank had for tonight is horsing around. Um, so before we get into the movie that you chose to watch for horsing around, mm. this came up a little bit last week, but I wanted to ask you, how do you feel one about horses and then two about movies involving horses in general? So it's funny you asked that question because I actually spent about 20 minutes tonight thinking about that exact thing. Hmm. Um, obviously, like without any foreknowledge of you asking that, because that was going to be my intro. Hmm. So that's some serendipity, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Some S word. Um, some. When I when I when I think about horses, I always think I don't give a shit about horse movies. Like I don't have any particular nostalgia or fondness for black beauty or my friend flicka or i don't know like any of that shit but i think i really love movies with horses kind of because i really like westerns a lot i mean we've talked about that you know a number of times on the podcast i'm also a pretty big fan of samurai epics and they tend to have a lot of horses in them Mm -hmm. um and there's stuff like uh cormac mccarthy's you know border trilogy or whatever um all the pretty horses and that shit like i i like you know that stuff and i don't know i guess i don't like horse movies that are geared towards children where it's like some kind of feel good horse movie but i definitely do have a fondness for movies with horses so So i guess i so like flicka or something like that like yeah yeah, i'm I'm not a big fan right black beauty yeah. The Black Stallion, like all, all that stuff. Like, I don't care about uh-huh. that shit. I don't, I mean, whatever. Might as well watch Free Willy. But <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with some horses. Uh, how do you feel? <clears throat> how, how do you feel about horses, like, in the real world? Like, I ain't never going to get on no horse. I mean, that would be my death. <laughs> Unless there was like some kind of hydraulic lift and I was like chained to that motherfucker. You never um, ridden a horse a, before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, oh, I've okay. ridden a lot of horses. Okay. I mean, my parents grew up in between two farms that had horses. So as a kid, um, dozens of times I've ridden horses. And then when you would go to fairs around here, I mean, I don't know if this is your experience, but my dad worked for DuPont for the majority of his working life and they would have um i don't know what it was called like a family fun day type thing every year uh and a lot of they would be at the newark country club a lot of times and they would always have horses there for you to ride so it was one of those things where the horse was in a like a circular pen type thing and you would just like get on the horse and ride around a few times and whatever but um i used to enjoy riding horses when i was young but i mean i'm old and fat and have broken things and at this point the idea of being on a horse is less desirable somehow than being on like a motorcycle or i don't know a jet ski or something like it's one of those things where i have no desire to ever do it um and i don't particularly care for competitive horse shit like steeplechase or um equestrian events and we we live in an area where that's super you know prevalent so i don't know i think horses should just be left alone like let them just be 
you know, beautiful, majestic animals at this point, because there ain't no reason to be climbing up on their backs and fucking around with them. Um, okay. I'm just testing your bias here, like, see if there's, like, any, like, so, so you actually appreciate the horse as, as a, a majestic creature, then? Is... Yeah, I mean, I, I think horses are among, I don't know how to say this without sounding, like, super awkward. Um... <laughs> know where this is going (laughs) i think i think horses are among like the most like beautiful like wild animals Mm -hmm. um in the animal kingdom there's (laughs) there's like a i think (laughs) we're such children of like the 80s and 90s that you think like you think somebody's gonna like accuse you of like wanting to fuck a horse right because you think i don't (laughs) i don't want to come across as being like a um equestriophile or something i mean i'm I'm appreciating them from afar, you know what I mean? Right, like I don't right. I don't need to mess with them. Maybe I'll feed them an apple or some sugar cubes or some shit, but you know, you like I, I see horses on TV and in movies, and I always think like, oh, that's a pretty horse, or playing um Red Dead Redemption, you know, one of my favorite parts of that game was like wrangling the horses and getting a horse and taming the horse and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean that's that that stuff is cool. So I, I guess if if I have a bias, it falls more towards the positive you know on the yeah. horse scale sure i have a i have a deep horses kind of freak me out though a little bit like when you look into their eyes like there's some sort of intelligence to oh me, yeah to a horse that freaks me the fuck out that something like that big and like has i feel really bad almost like looking at a horse in the eyes i mean i was around horses a lot in like a non-riding capacity just feeding them and mm-hmm brushing their manes and whatever and like i've like done that a number of times in my life and i mean i kind of find horses the same as i find like a dog sort of but just not you can't cuddle with them or anything right um except that a horse can fucking kill you yes like very easily if you piss it off so Mm -hmm. there needs to be a healthy respect it's like a fucking hippopotamus you know like hippopotamuses look all cute in the water but that motherfucker can like eat you or whatever i don't know whatever hippopotamuses are doing to kill people right i think they eat people yeah um they or, they capsize boats i know for sure and like can drown people right yeah. I'll, I'll find out what the hip i mean are. they are the horses of the water right they Isn't are what, i think so let's i don't know maybe google, i just google google does not like the search like it did not give me any options <laughs> Did you search the horses of the water? No, 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 I do, do, do hippos eat people? And it was not giving me any recommendations for research. They primarily eat plants, about 80 pounds of grass each day. Jesus. Okay. They can snap a canoe in half with their jaws and they kill about 500 people in Africa each year. So um, they do not eat humans though. Um, But they will, I guess, cause their deaths. All right. All right. So enough horsing around. Um, What's the movie? So the movie is the appropriately named Horse Girl. It is a 2020 um, psychological drama, I guess, um, Uh starring Alison Brie, um, who also co-wrote the movie with Jeff Baina. Uh, Jeff Baina is a guy that I like the stuff that I've seen of his. He directed, um, life after Beth, which is a pretty, pretty good, like horror comedy romance 
with um, Aubrey Plaza right. and also The Little Hours that stars uh, Allison Brie and Aubrey Plaza um, and the lady from Garfunkel and whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that show was called. Um, she was Ted's girlfriend on um, Scrubs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but she's in it, too. Um, it's it's and both those movies are pretty good. So yeah. this is a movie that I didn't I had never looked into because Netflix has tried to push this movie on me now for like a year. Mm-hmm. And I've consistently avoided I've consistently avoided ever going any more than just looking at the brief description of it. And to Netflix's discredit, and this is true, I think, in a lot of ways for Netflix, their description of this movie is not one that makes you think like, hey, this is something I want to sit down and devote you know, an hour and a half of my life to. Sure. Uh, and I think that Netflix does that a lot where they just have these really weird non-descriptive descriptions to try and bring in as many people as possible, as opposed to actually saying, this is what this movie is about. <clears throat> so yeah, I get that. Netflix kind of makes it sound like it's going to be this lighthearted, almost rom-com with a sci-fi slash possibly supernatural, like lighthearted element to it. But I need this fucking movie. So the basic premise is uh, Alison Brie plays this woman who has gone through some traumatic times in her life. Uh, her mother killed herself. Uh, she's basically alone. She doesn't really have any friends. Um, she kind of is just this withdrawn, receding, shy woman that works at a menial job at a fabric shop um, with her boss, played by Molly Shannon, and actually a really good performance. Um, and I would never like think of Molly Shannon really, but she did a really good job in it. So it's hard to explain. So think about when we talked about Inland Empire and it's kind of the same idea of this movie where it's a look at mental illness, Okay, but in a way where it doesn't try to proffer any kind of explanation or solution to mental illness it's more of just a really empathetic look at a person who has something i don't want to say wrong but something that it needs treatment or is causing them difficulty in living like a normal everyday life and that's what um the allison brie character has uh she they never diagnose her with anything so Mm -hmm. i actually appreciated that too uh, Cause I kind of hate when it's like, Oh, it's schizophrenic. And here's a movie about schizophrenia um, to the point where you not, you're not even ever sure really when you're watching it, if what you're seeing is reliable or actually happening because a lot of it's told from her perspective. Mm-hmm. So basically it's her breaking down over the course of the movie, but the horse girl, horse girl portion comes from when she was young, her mother had, had divorced her husband or she had never met her father so it's implied that the mother had gotten pregnant out of wedlock and then she had married this man who had a lot of wealth so he had paid for her to have horseback riding lessons and she had developed a fondness for this horse that she was riding you know like during that time and then her best friend who was also in these horseback riding lessons had a near fatal injury and severe brain damage from falling from a horse Uh, So the father or the husband and the mother get divorced. The mother ends up committing suicide after a period of time. And they don't really exactly define like when all these things have happened, Mm -hmm. Um, except that the mother had 
committed suicide about a year before the events of the movie. And that's kind of what caused her to sort of withdraw and um, start to feel, I don't know if it's depression, but just have like things happen mentally to her that um, cause her to kind of break down. Um, and she keeps going back to visit this horse because this is the one being that she has an emotional connection with. And the people that own the horse farm don't want her there because she's no longer paying for these lessons and the horse is being ridden by someone else. So it starts out where you're not exactly certain that that's what's happening, but eventually they kind of like belittle her and berate her and kick her out and tell her that she's not allowed to come and visit the horse anymore. And that also leads to her breaking down. Um, and she's convinced that she is a clone of her grandmother because she has a picture of her grandmother that looks exactly like her. And that she was somehow cloned and is continuously being kidnapped by aliens. Oh, okay. Uh, so she's didn't see that one come. No, it's it. It comes <laughs> out of nowhere, kind of. That she's blacking out and having these things happen where she's sleepwalking or ending up in places where she doesn't belong, and she attributes this to these aliens. And then she dreams about these people, and then she sees one of the people in real life. So she becomes obsessed with the idea that that person is also being kidnapped by aliens to the point where she kind of confronts them at their job and is kind of trying to be like hey so anything weird ever happened to you like maybe like you get abducted or something um and when you read the description of it it sounds like it should be like pretty terrible honestly but she is amazing in this movie yeah she's Um, she's really underrated one of the one of the best performances i think i've ever seen and honestly on par with Laura Dern and Inland Empire in terms of showing a huge range of manic to depressive to psychotic at times confused you know I mean she just she really it's it, it's it's a pretty stunning performance honestly for being this like little indie movie um, and I think because she helped write it I think that she has a lot of investment in you know, whatever story she's trying to tell. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of things that happen. And honestly, I, I would recommend seeing this movie to pretty much anybody. Like, I think that it's definitely worth watching. Um, and in the end, you know, you're kind of left wondering, like, did I just see a science fiction movie that's sort of promoting the idea that aliens exist? Did I just see a movie that is subtly pointing to the fact that maybe this woman committed suicide like her mother Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't ever really give you easy answers but again it doesn't also try and be condescending about therapy works or medicine works or whatever you know i mean she's just a woman that is kind of in a bad place emotionally and mentally and sort of suffers because of it so um but there's a horse in it and the horse is in many scenes and <laughs> she ends up liberating the horse from the horse farm and stealing it and kind of like riding it out into the forest. Hey, it's in the title of the movie. It is. So that's actually, it was one of those things where like, again, like I've looked at it a number of times. So I didn't know that Jeff Baina directed it or else I probably would have watched it previously. Mm. I also didn't know that Alison Brie was in it or I probably would have watched it because I, I really do enjoy her as an actress. And I didn't know that the Duplass brothers produced it, hmm. which is another thing that would kind of lead me to watch it because I, I tend to like the stuff that they do. So, again, it's just one of those things where it's like Netflix is really bad advertising, like on their own platform, where they don't really give you enough information to make a good decision. You just kind of have to guess. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so when you had horsing around, this was actually the first movie that popped into my head because I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch that fucking horse girl movie finally. <laughs> um, but I'm really yeah. glad I did. And again, like I think that every all of the principals did a really great job. Um, one of the Duplass brothers is actually in it in a minor role. Uh, Jay is in it, not the one that's in Creep, the other one. Okay. Um, Robin Tunney is in it a little bit, and there, there's an, another, I don't know, like really interesting and sort of relevant subplot where um, Allison's character, Allison Bree's character, Sarah, is obsessed with a show that's basically a parody of Supernatural and believes that things that happen in the show are kind of predicting things in her life or related to things in her life she becomes romantically interested in a guy named darren who's her roommate's boyfriend's roommate um and he has the same name as the main character on the show so she's kind of finds that to be this like serendipitous thing where like maybe they're meant to be together and then he almost gaslights her a little bit although not in i think a malicious way but in a way where he doesn't recognize that she's mentally ill and plays into her uh, conspiracy theory fantasies about the alien abductions and the cloning and stuff like that Mm. until she buys into the fact that he believes her and is like kind of her soulmate and then really just goes nuts like on a date and Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say like that but kind of leads her into like really deep into her own like rabbit hole about the stuff and then he freaks out because he thought that she was just kind of like making conversation or trying to be funny or whatever. And she thinks that he's trying to trick her and it's a really uncomfortable scene. And it, it plays out really realistically, I think in a lot of ways, like it doesn't feel like it's not played for laughs and it's not played for like a horror element where you're, you know, like she's threatening to kill him or anything. It's just, just really uncomfortable and sad. It actually, I was reminded a lot of times and honestly super annoyed at myself that I made the um, the stipulation that I have to watch these movies straight through because there's a very curb your enthusiasm feel to this movie at times, except without the comedy element, just the uncomfortableness <laughs> where I wanted to just like stop and go do something else for a little bit. So I didn't have to sit there and like watch what was going to play out on the screen, but then I had to force myself to, to do so. So fuck me, yeah. I guess. Um <laughs> But yeah, um, I was really surprised by how much yeah. I enjoyed this movie, and I definitely think that it he's not the best director in the world. Like he's kind of amateurish at times. Um especially with scenes that don't really have any kind of import to the overall story. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like he gets bored with <clears throat> setting the scene, sort of. Um, so it really does feel like it feels direct to video until it doesn't, if that makes sense. And then once it really gets into it, like it, it, there's more interesting scene progression and shot composition. And he does some things with the way that he he films stuff in terms of his his camera techniques and angles and filters um, that are never like overbearing. They actually work really well, and they do a good job of, <clears throat> you know, again like an Inland Empire where you would get that almost like internally claustrophobic feeling watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, except he's not as you know artsy or metaphysical like Lynch's 
Um, right. But yeah, yeah so that's, that's, that's good. I mean, I this is not a movie just based on the title that I would have ever watched either. But it sounds like a really interesting movie. I mean, I might actually, I might check it out at some point. Then, yeah, I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I've only, I've never, I've seen Life After Death. That's the only movie of his that I've seen. I see that he co-wrote I Heart Huckabees with David Russell. Okay. Um, I never had you watch The Little Hours. No. The movie no. with um. Mm-mm. Mikuchi, right? That's her name, Mikuchi. Um, where yeah, they're uh, <clears throat> they're nuns. It's her. Uh, Alice no, I, I, I've seen that poster before, like somewhere, but no, I you never had me watch it. Um, if you ever, if you ever get the chance, and it's free somewhere, it's it's a yeah. good watch. Um, he's, he, he's a very uh, very feminist director too. I think in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Or at least he's very sympathetic towards female characters. And he films them in a way where like there's nudity in his movies and there's sexuality and uncomfortable situations, but it never feels exploitive at all. Mm-hmm. Um so definitely Yeah, it looks like uh looks like it's on Hulu. I'm just going to like confirm here. But uh, let's talk really, really quickly. I don't want to spend too long on it. Just about Allison Brie in general, because yeah, it is on. Um, it's on Hulu right now. The little hours, and this is on Netflix. You said right? Yeah, Horse Girls okay. on Netflix. Yes. So <clears throat> Brie is, I think, extra by most people as a dramatic actress, is extremely underrated. I think the majority of people probably know her from Community. Yeah, and something else. Well, she was she was on Glow, um, on Netflix for its whatever I think three seasons, I guess. And um, the pandemic ended up canceling the fourth season, unfortunately, which would have been its last. But um, she was on Mad Men too, right? And she was on Mad Men, right, as Pete Campbell's wife, and she's fucking excellent at that. Having rewatched that last year. And there was something else. Oh, I just because I watched the Disaster Artist in the past month. Um, she's in that as well, and is good in that. And yeah, like she's and you've seen Promising Young Woman, and mm-hmm. she's apparently in that. I haven't I haven't watched that yet, but yeah, she's she's slowly. I mean, she's been around for a while, but she's obviously, but she's slowly building a resume as a dramatic actress. I think that. Um, I can definitely see her getting the right role in the next decade that leads to nominations probably because she has this weird ability to almost like transform herself in like a, like in her physicality that you don't see too often that allows her, I think to probably stretch out and play a lot of different type of characters and I've been really impressed with everything I've seen like the past five years with her in it. And um, yeah, like I, I think that she's somebody who actually is probably more on the upswing still um, <clears throat> uh, more than anything else. But yeah, she's really impressive. And I didn't know she was in this at all. I also didn't know that he was uh, married. He just married uh, Aubrey Plaza this year. What's his name? Who, did, um, who Mena? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess they did those two movies together, so. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just a quick note. I don't know if you know this. First two spin chagrins, Molly Shannon's been in both movies. <clears throat> oh, I did see that when I was looking up. Um, my mom didn't know who she was, so we were talking about it tonight, like what the movie was going to be. And I said, oh, yeah, Molly Shannon, and I showed her a picture, and then I was going down through the filmography to see if there was anything that she might have seen and uh yeah there was i was like oh that's funny that she was in like was yeah. she like a homeless person or yeah, something, something or? like that yeah she only yeah. gets referenced on wiki because she's famous now but your mom yeah no that's, that's true my mom wouldn't know who molly shannon is either if i probably showed her i mean my mother hasn't watched saturday night live since probably like 1982 sure, sure. so yeah she like was not a molly shannon where we would know her from from that and sure just the fact that she's been kind of omnipresent all over the place for most of our adult lives what's really funny is also about the idea of horse girl being this movie is that the one conversation that i had this week as i was doing like just like looking up some horse movies uh was i was talking to a, a friend of ours um and horses came up and a discussion about it and she's on a dating app where a horse girl was kind of like reaching out to her and i mean horse girl in the kind of more pejorative sense of someone who did that works with and is obsessed with horses and everything in their life mm. revolves around horses and how she could not date a girl that um was that obsessed with horses because it's just kind of weird and i was actually going to before we started talking was also going to bring up like what you thought about the people that are obsessed with horses but um i didn't and then you ended up the fucking movie as horse girl so um i should i should have brought it up because then it would have been double synchronicity uh or serendipity right i i don't know how i feel about that. i mean look i think as long as you're not hurting anybody like, no sure right. i don't want to talk about it but whatever, <laughs> your, right. whatever your thing is is your thing you know sure sure um yeah but yeah i grew, so, up, I grew oh. up with a lot of people that were obsessed with horses so yeah. yeah to me it's one of those things where you just kind of like you you knew people that were like that and you just kind of whatever right um i don't know if i've ever dated somebody that was obsessed with horses I don't think I have. If there was, it was a secret obsession. Yeah, I did see also that to- Toby Huss was in this as a horse trainer. Yeah. Uh, who is a guy to me that as like is really underrated as a the most minor character in a movie. Like he just comes in usually for maybe five minutes of screen time most of the time. And kind of nails the role. Uh, he's one of those perfect people like that. <clears throat> he's um he's responsible for a decent amount of the curb your enthusiasm moments. Mm. Uh, going from being going yeah. from being how to how to say it like kind of this nice passive aggressive dude 
that's trying to gently kind of urge her away from you know coming there to visit the horse to basically freaking out on her like you know get out get the fuck out like this is not your horse Mm -hmm. like you need to leave you need to not ever come back here you know you're trespassing like it's very it's a really good performance in uh, pretty every performance in this movie is is good and Mm -hmm believable in a human way and it you definitely can see i mean because all of us know somebody that's passive aggressive like that where um you know they're willing to kind of like oh you know uh it's okay like they take your time and then at some point they just freak out and mm-hmm. lose their shit and it comes off as uh <clears throat> unexpected because they were so like passive and just you know whatever so right yeah if you don't if you don't know everybody that's probably listening to this probably has seen toby huss and something and knows who, exactly who we're talking about here probably the most famous thing that he the thing he's probably most famous for is actually in the 90s as he played Artie in the adventures of pete and pete for people that are closer to our age um but he's been something that everybody's seen um Did a voice on two voices on king of the hill for a long time yeah, absolutely. Um, he was in Carnival throughout its entire run. He was in um, Hold and Catch Fire through many of its seasons. Uh, yeah, he he's, he's been every, everywhere, at least in like an episode of something. Like everybody has, has seen this guy before. But yeah, really underrated uh, character actor. Um, that I said, doesn't get a lot of screen time, but always does well with the screen time that he has. <clears throat> Man, he is in some... He's in some movies here. He is, yeah. All right. he's in the he's in the terrible martyrs remake mm, oof <laughs> so what's your chagrin score on this uh this is this is a three no this is a two it's a two okay uh if i was rating it on a 10 point scale in the normal way it would be eight 8.25 you know this is a this is a three and a half star movie i think mm-hmm it's not perfect it's nothing life-changing but it's good again like i'm always impressed with movies that can show that can show someone who's challenged in some way in a way that's not either overly sympathetic like to like a cloying degree or condescending or smug kind of in the oh well if if you did this this is how you would get better i mean there's no easy options for this woman and i'm always super impressed by that kind of stuff so right cool yeah well that's um no i always it's kind of like the quick cage when we were doing that i always like to hear about good experiences some of these categories you will never have good experiences so this is it's 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 always going to be nice when you have a good experience and you find something that's actually worthwhile thanks um anticipating my downfall so so there is a there's another topic that's completely unrelated to horsing around so how do you since this is brand new do you think we should spin the wheel now and then go to that topic that i want to bring up with you so that people can like if they don't care can just stop listening is that yeah that's fine okay Uh all right so again so i don't forget to do this um we're going to again do it live we're gonna spin the wheel here 
movie you think you'll hate the most from 2006 oh my god <laughs> holy shit yeah movie you think you'll hate the most that you haven't seen remember of course like you know movie you think you'll hate the most from 2006 is the category for next week um <clears throat> so you'll have to have to start that search here soon i'm doing it right now and <laughs> so i will need to find this and delete oh man the- see this is bogus because there's definitely some movies i hate from this year but i've seen them yeah well you have to find one that you haven't seen and um i know you know so. what's fucked up let me let me let me let me tell you the shit that pisses me off okay this is one of those years in wikipedia where it doesn't just list like major film releases mm-hmm. it has links to the individual pages by country hmm. so how do i know that the film that i would hate the most is going to be an american film you know right what if it's a bengali film or a french film or a japanese yeah, motherfuckers we'll just go with america because america is usually the worst <laughs> all right so i have one ahead and deleted oh that God. from the list we are down to 59 possibilities um it starts so bad <laughs> all right so the thing i want to bring up to you now that we have that settled so next week movie that frank has not seen that he thinks he'll hate the most from 2006 <clears throat> we haven't been able to talk about hawkeye yet and <laughs> i want to talk to you about hawkeye so overall what was your impressions of it by itself and what do you think of it compared to the other marvel series that have been on disney so far i thought it was excellent by itself Mm -hmm. i found it to be lighthearted, but also with stakes involved and perfectly fitting in the gap between something like Hawk or Winter Soldier and um, Falcon, and the stuff from Netflix, kind of. I thought that it's it's a nice bridge between that, those sort of you know, or maybe even Loki or something like it's or WandaVision. I don't know. It it it's good that it it has elements from the greater Marvel universe, but still feels like a personal story that's not whatever like world ending or i don't know um and i like jeremy renner a lot and i like the girl that played um what's her name uh the uh, shit i can't remember her name i know like and i literally Um, anyway that lady uh kate bishop yeah yeah kate bishop yeah um well she's the girl from true grit um the young child actress yeah like Who's fucking not amazing in that movie? Like, yeah, and really great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was funny without being jokey. I thought it was action packed without being too reliant on just constant fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that some people have bitched about some of the retcon that happens in it, especially with um, Mockingbird being Hawkeye's wife and being a completely different character than. The woman that played her in shield but i don't care about that right so i mean whatever that's fine um i thought it was a really great reintroduction to a pretty important marvel villain mm-hmm. 
and a good introduction to some other characters. So they're doing a spinoff series. Did you see that with uh, Maya as the lead? Hold on, who? The Asian girl in it, Maya, Mia. Oh, okay. That that makes sense. Yeah, Maya, yeah, Maya, Maya. Yeah, the yeah. the girl that's deaf. Yeah. It's called Echo because I guess that's her character in Marvel. I don't I don't know her. Okay. Um. All right. The the Hawkeye comic series is pretty critically lauded for being one of the better modern Marvel comics, and it's something where I've always thought about picking up trade paperbacks. So. Hmm. Maybe with my birthday money this week, I'll get some uh, some Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I thought it was really good. I think yeah. that I, I I think that out of all four now, right? So it's WandaVision, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and this. These right. are the four Marvel yep. series. Mm-hmm. I think this was the most engaging to me on an episode by episode basis. Yeah, I thought it was the most fun. Where I didn't feel, yeah, like, I don't know. I thought, I, like, I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I found it to be a little too preachy sometimes. Um, I liked WandaVision, but I wasn't 100%, like, on board with the end. So mm-hmm. I, I, I did, but I thought they dragged it out, like, two episodes too long where they could have yeah. just, like, done away with some of that stuff and gotten to the point a little quicker. Yep. Um, even though I love the aesthetic of it, and I, I think that, you know, Bettany and um, Olsen are fantastic in those roles. And right. what's her name? Um, I can't the play, remember. The played Ag- yeah. Agatha Harkness, really mm-hmm. great in it. Um, I still, full admission, never finished Loki because oh. I started watching it with Frankie. And yeah. then he went back to school and it was like, well, I guess I'll wait till he gets home. And then we just never watched it. So yeah. might finish it before he goes back at the end of the um, end of the month. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I thought it was really good. I've read some people that have complained about things in it, and I think that I don't necessarily like. I, I guess there's validity to any complaint because you like what you like. But at the same time, like I think that people were maybe expecting too much, or just don't enjoy fun things. I don't know. Yeah, I do have a. Let me get this question out of the way first. Um, I actually didn't pick up on the mockingbird thing. Like it, I, I understand the watch thing and all that, but like I maybe I'm just not familiar enough with Marvel comics at times, like to understand the mockingbird thing. Like where where is where is that explicit? Like I just read it in the criticism because I guess the character that woman's playing, uh-huh. Hawkeye's wife is Mockingbird in oh, okay. I think. I mean, I just I read that in a couple of different like articles that were the things you know whatever mojo fucking top five like things we liked about hawkeye and things we would change whatever you know, that kind gotcha. of gotcha um uh, yeah it says she's based on wiki I, i'm looking it up is based on mockingbird from earth 616 um yeah that's the thing with marvel is like and now that they're introducing this whole idea of multiverses right and stuff, sure especially explicitly with spider-man and the upcoming doctor strange movie could be you know anybody could be anybody and after the snap like who know whatever like sure all that stuff could have been changed and there's also nothing that says that the colson that you see in agents of shield is necessarily the colson that you see or those same characters in the mcu stuff so sure i mean you could easily bring back like some of those characters from agents of shield just yeah right um one of one of our favorite youtube channels um both you and i screen rant 
did a really funny um they have the series uh what do they call it film pitch or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. uh-huh um about the hawkeye series today and one of the jokes in it is like well it could be this or it could be pim particles to go back in time or we could have this happen and the producer guy is like oh so i guess there's just no stakes in anything if we can just easily change everything he's like oh yeah you know but it, it, it makes it easy to write so right. and that's kind of true i mean because anything like anybody can come back and so but yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it and i'm really excited to see the spinoff series because i like that character a lot and i'm interested to see the series with him training her to be the next hawkeye yeah i have not watched um I, i've been kind of like letting him build up oh i wish i need to pause this like really quick i'm just trying to get his name um let's see if it his name's ryan something isn't it like i, I can't remember his name um at all for some reason because i'd like to give him a shout out if people have not watched him but that guy i think is just hysterical and but yeah it's definitely screen rant and i can ryan george is the guy's name he also has his own youtube channel as well uh ryan george where he does a lot of other things other than those movie pitches that he does for Screen Rant, which I'm assuming they kind of own all that stuff, Screen Rant. But he does um, all kinds of videos. Uh, he has like a series called The First Guy. So it's like the first guy that's like to ever like be a motivational speaker, the first guy to ever commit a crime, um, which some of those are really funny, too. But <clears throat> yeah, he's he's really funny. So he, here's. Yeah, I thought it was the funnest out of all of those. I think sure. the second funnest was probably Loki. And yeah, I, I say Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably the, the fourth out of all of those. But I think that a lot of that is plot based. I really like the interactions and the character development of those two characters throughout it. And I think that they kind of carry that show in a lot of ways is the interaction and the partnership between the two of them and i really like the u.s agent stuff in in yes. that series but uh but I, I think it's the worst just because it's such kind of a bland almost like slightly better than cbs plot line i thought that this worked really well like you said in terms of all the principles that are involved with it i love um helena now as black widow i think mm. florence Pugh is like absolutely amazing in the character that she's playing for that i really look forward to the two of them if they're going to be part of the future movies as like a new like hawkeye and black widow i think jeremy renner is perfect for a role like this like absolutely like jeremy renner is this is a weird thing to like come to my mind, I guess, but it's like, you know how, like, even though I, I, I kind of like war of the worlds, like the Spielberg one overall, you know how like Cruz just feels weird as a dock worker in it. Like, right. it's like you could have given him like any other job for some reason. And it would have worked to like, it's like Cruz isn't part of the local one eleven or something. Right. Like, you know, he just doesn't fit that Jeremy Renner feels like that to me is that he is that kind of working class guy and 
like to see that character for the past like 10 years roughly age to the point where he has a hearing aid like he's a little bit slower than he used to be at times he his the punishment that he takes because he's not superhuman like i really love like seeing that play out as he's kind of passing the torch to a new generation and i think it's an excellent story and if you're going to tell that story with anybody he's like the perfect character yeah. for it and he's and it's so to your point it's like when they have the scenes with the larpers <laughs> it's not condescending you know i mean there's right. there's some gentle mockery there but it also is hawkeye is a dude that can just appreciate these people who are like super into the thing they're doing Mm -hmm. and doesn't necessarily want to do it but is also willing to kind of like okay if this is what you need me to do in order to get by like that's fine like that's what i'll do and then right you know right yeah i so Okay, spoilers here, definite spoilers, like for Hawkeye. Um, if you haven't watched it, I would, you know, unless you've been spoiled by headlines, I would stop now when we talk about the Marvel villain in it. Um, that's part of the lar- some of the larger criticism I've seen of it, and more so, so, so with confusion as opposed to maybe like dislike. But how did you feel about the Kingpin stuff compared like and how that interacts with the Marvel situation and how do you read that? Do you read it as a as a multiverse thing? Do you see it as the same character? Because Nafrio has been clear in that he sees it as the same character. Yeah, it's the same character. So do you think that he was affected by the blip then? No, here's what I think. I and I actually I, I know the criticism that you're talking about. So hmm. All you've seen of Kingpin is fighting people who are just really good fighters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Daredevil is just for having like his ultrasonic senses or whatever. Daredevil is just a really highly trained martial artist. Yeah. Kingpin gets hit by a fucking car going like 50, like whatever, like 60 miles an hour, knocked into a building shot with multiple arrows that are made by an Avenger Mm -hmm. and still gets up and walks away from all that. Right. And nothing intimates that he's killed or even seriously injured by getting shot. I think he's more hurt by the idea that she's pulling a gun on him. Sure. Still, you know, even though he ordered her death, he's, he still genuinely loves her and he's trying to play on that sense of emotion to kind of get her out of the way and not have to be the one that you know like kills her so i'm actually really excited for her series because of that because i think it's going to be her on the run from the kingpin you know right yeah i mean i think they're if you kind of like pay attention to that stuff apparently they're building him up as a spider-man villain from what i've heard but yeah well, that's but he's, where he's he going to be right but he's going to show up in multiple <laughs> series i guess i i mean look it's a it's obviously though a very specific take on kingpin right like it's it's a very specific style that he like the outfit that he's wearing from the comics he's definitely sh- like more sh- 
superhuman indestructible, it seems, than he was in the Netflix Daredevil series. Um, so do you think that, do you assume at some point they're going to try to explain like what's happened to him? Because at last was he was being locked up again, but he was with his like, you know, wife or fiance or whatever. Like, do, do you think they're going to try to attempt to explain at some point, like what's happened in the interim? Or do you think they're just going to kind of ignore it and just kind of almost like reboot the character and just let you fill it in? I think what they're going to do is they're going to take these established Netflix MCU characters mm-hmm. and slightly alter them so that they're more agreeable to the way the MCU works. Sure, sure. On in film and on TV. And part of that means that Kingpin has to be this sort of almost Hulk-like villain mm-hmm. in terms of his strength and his resilience you know yeah i mean honestly kingpin is showing a measure of humanity by not killing her when she's attacking him, like by just continuously like mm-hmm. pushing her away and he demonstrates that he has the strength to probably break her in half if sure. he wants to and is still right. just kind of trying to yeah. I think he's more bemused by the idea that Kate yeah, because at one point he says you're starting to annoy me, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, he takes arrows, like actual arrows, not even just trick arrows, into mm-hmm. his body, and it's just able, like, through a Hawaiian shirt or whatever, and it's just able to sweep him away. So mm-hmm. a lot of people were complaining that it it's made him seem weaker or whatever, but I just think that I think circumstantially, it's it's just a really decent introduction to that character placing him firmly in the middle of that universe and perceived because hawkeye is afraid of kingpin to a point right sort of like he's Mm -hmm. definitely doesn't want kingpin to be involved in definitely kate bishop's life and he wants to avoid him himself so right yeah yeah, it's a fun and, series. I I love the use. Do you think all those Christmas songs that Disney like owns in some way, possibly? I was like shocked by how much Christmas music was in that, and I, a lovely setting like New York at Christmas. A fucking awesome background for that whole series. But there's so much Christmas music in it. I was thinking like, how much fucking money did they spend to be able to use all this Christmas music? And then I started wondering. Do they spend anything? Like, do you think like Disney like was spending money, or do you think Disney just possibly owns so much Christmas music that, or owns companies that own so much of it that they were just able to use that? What's what's your guess? Do you not think that a lot of that stuff is public domain? A lot hmm. of Christmas music is public domain. I'm pretty sure that's true. I mean, but they use because any from. Like the Charlie Brown Christmas stuff, I know at one point. <clears throat> um, yeah, they they play the. Um, I I'm not going to be able to imitate it with my mouth, but yeah, the Charlie Brown uh, uh, guitar and piano mm-hmm. Christmas thing. I I don't know. I I yeah. think again. I think a lot of that stuff you're just allowed to record and mm-hmm. release. Yeah, it could be. Which is why so many people do it. 
Yeah. Um, and they probably doesn't Disney own Peanuts? Do they? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I have no idea. You're fucking me up with my um going through 2006. <laughs> gotta, gotta... Uh, Disney does not own Peanuts or Snoopy, even though the Peanuts movie is available on Disney Plus is Google's first info to me. Um Oh, well, it's got to be because of their deal with 20th Century Fox then. Sure. That yeah. they probably have... It's just like, hey, can we use this in 20th Century... Or it's fucking Disney. They're just like, hey, we'll pay you whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go back and see how much of that stuff is... Uh, it's just public domain, like standard Christmas music. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was good. <clears throat> I also thought it was like really interesting because they are developing themes. I, I keep seeing this damn argument all the time too about all these Disney Marvel movies, TV series about like how woke they're becoming. Um, I, I and it, it well, uh, I hate the fucking term anymore because it's all meaningless a lot of times. Like um, anything that involves like a person of color or a woman that's the problem right Gets pigeonholed is, as yes, woke. right it's like because right that's exactly right like that's exactly what i was going to say is that it's like because it's a female that is the star of the series overall like or at least the focus it's like oh well it's like it's this idea they're using like too many women it right. is is when that get, gets thrown but I also like that they're developing themes in these series a lot of times um, that I do think adds to the art of them in some ways and makes them a little different from the movies at times. Yeah. Of like their actual, like, you know, they, they have these subtexts to them. And I thought the fact that they threw in this theme about disability into this and it's not perfect, right? Like, it's, like, kind of, like, a little bit haphazard. But the idea that you have the Echo character, that you have Hawkeye, like, losing his hearing, that you have the dog with one eye, like, this this idea that, like, you know, they are dealing with themes at times is extremely right. interesting. And developing, like, you and I had a conversation about probably, like, 14 or 15 years ago at this point, Jesus. when the idea of the first the first real inkling of what the marvel universe could become mm-hmm. on screen was coming into play and you think about what they've done in the interim time and mm-hmm. that you're not seeing just some because i like some, some parts of agents of shield and some parts of agents of shield i don't like yeah. but one of the biggest problems with agent of shield is it always feels so disconnected from the marvel universe at large right because there's rarely anyone that actually exists in the universe aside from Coulson on screen. But uh-huh. here you had you just had a TV show with Jeremy Renner, who is a legit Hollywood actor, or um Hiddleston, you know, or mm-hmm. Sebastian Shaw and um Anthony, Anthony Mackie, Mackie. Yeah. or Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany like these are like real actors in real roles and Paul Bettany's like a thespian right right (laughs) and they're in they're building characters that they're building nuance into characters where the next time you see them in a major motion picture 
you have so much backstory now invested in them that it makes it it's almost like i don't know like you're getting i don't know i know that people complain about they're tired of superhero movies but to me this is what comics is you know like you don't not every comic book is part of a major arc right like i read x-men and spider-man and whatever forever when i was a kid and you would have like one major arc a year maybe two and then you would have episodes that were just small episodes about them doing small things that were about building their character and making it so you had a better understanding so when they went to the big arcs there was more meaning or they could refer back to something that happened and it would be like oh that's a really cool callback or man, I wonder how like this conversation with this person is going to play out in the future because there's so much tension. Mm-hmm. And that's what this, that's, that's what these shows are is they're building genuine arcs for characters that make them more yes. than just, it's almost like a reaction to kind of Martin Scorsese's criticism of these movies in the sense that this is the backstory that fleshes out the big action. The next time you watch these movies mm-hmm. and actually makes it, you know, a lot more credible and a lot more cinematic. Yes. So I don't know. I mean, I'm no, I'm absolutely agree because that's the thing I think they're doing is, I mean, look, Scarlet Witch, Captain America, Loki, and especially with that series dealing so much with multiverse stuff, um, and uh, like now probably like the the most recent like newest Hawkeye and black widow in the series like i think what you're doing is you're firmly establishing probably the new avengers is my guess or people sure. that are going to be tied into because i mean look you're not you're not getting tom holland to do a series you're not getting at this point you're not getting um cumberbatch probably to do a series for you so it's like they're going to be in the movies and then you're slowly establishing who these new avengers are like fleshing out backstories like you know introducing audiences like to their character so they know going into these movies when they show up like who they are and like what their newest deal is and adding that character development to them so i think it's brilliant in that way as well what what they're slowly doing um and basically like like creating like a new generation like she hulk comes out here like in the next few months i think and like now we have a banner replacement if need be like going forward so you're you're doing all this and you've been adding slowly in dark avenger stuff as well um like so it's it's really brilliant the way they're like you know if you're following and i was so burnt out when we did that podcast for the primary podcast about the retrospective on the marvel universe after endgame uh like we we talked about that at length about how we were burnt out kind of on the superhero stuff and honestly the tv series multiple tv series has reignited my interest to some degree i agree in this newest i can't remember it's not a phase i can't remember saga i think is what they're calling them Um, sure And the thing, too, is that, and this is where Marvel is, in my opinion, just, like, pretty much brilliant, that I don't got to watch an origin movie now for any of these characters. You know what I mean? I don't got to watch 
the Hawkeye movie where it spends 45 minutes establishing who Kate Bishop is, I already know it, you know, and that's, that's where DC has fucked up the most because number one, they just change who plays characters way too many times. Like there's no consistency, but also every friggin' Batman is a reboot telling me the origin of Batman, you know? I don't need Batman's origin anymore. Like I know it. And right. it's nice that yeah. Marvel has put you in a place where as a fan of, of their films and their whatever media, whatever you want to call it, they respect that you you've seen these things that, you know, this stuff and that you don't need to be handheld through the yeah. origin of a character that's existed for, you know, 70 years at this point. So, yeah, no, I agree. All right, yeah, we just hadn't talked about it off air, so I just wanted to kind of like talk about it, and I figured we'd just do it here. Can I say one other thing really quick? This is going to be 100% spoiler-free, but I really want to say it. Mm -hmm. Anybody that watched the first episode of Boba Fett and was not impressed with the way that it went down or didn't quite understand what was going on, Mm -hmm. it is 100% worth just sucking it up and watching the second episode because it is... 100% 100% better than the first episode and it makes so much more sense like when you're watching it in that context so okay, really really good episode like one of my favorite Star Wars related episodes I think outside of like a few Mandalorian episodes gotcha can I ask you a question real quick before we finish up to, to, to get you on the record on something sure how do you feel about Dogville Dogville? Yeah. Are you talking about the fucking Lars von Trier movie? Yeah. Huh. Ha. All right. Cool. No, um, it's, it's like. <laughs> all right. That, no, no, no. You're, 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 you're not. You're not gonna like pigeonhole me into fucking saying this is a movie I Chris loves but Frank hates. I. Yeah, that sounded a little indifferent. Sound a little indifferent to me. I loved Dogville when I first saw it. Uh-huh. And at that point in my life, mm-hmm. I was impressed by the audacity, I guess, of Dogville. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the right way to put it. It's an audacious movie in a lot of ways. But I don't think there is any lasting value to Dogville once you've seen it one time. That's my opinion of Dogville. Okay. All right. So I will watch Dogville again and see if I find lasting value. And then make a determination for that. Oh, all right uh, dude i don't want to watch dog Hill again all right it's so fucked up yeah all right you're on the record i love I, mean, right. I love dogville dogville is so good oh <laughs> uh, all right man i would okay. watch dogville right now if it was streaming somewhere mm. um well i mean oh my god it's so late uh <laughs> it's not streaming anywhere for free right now so um you're safe from that one all right well, so next week, the movie you think you'll Jesus. hate the most from 2006. Um, I'll tell you what we're going to do is we're going to go through. Just so you know, that was one of mine and the year was chosen completely at random. And that's sincere. Like, I was just like, which which year <laughs> like should this be? And I thought 2004 and I changed it to 2006 because I'm less familiar with 2006. So. So I'm going to tell you that we're going to do the shortlist discussion before we reveal okay. what the final movie was. And let me tell you that something. Sense, there yeah. is so many bad movies this year, and I've seen <laughs> so many of them. 
Um, I did look it up one night after I after I put that on the list, and um, I did see a number of bad movies that year. But... Like like motherfucker, I've seen you, me, and Dupree. You know what I mean? Right. That movie is fucking awful, and I've watched it. So yeah. what? There's it's going to be something worse because it's going to be something that was so much worse than you, me, and Dupree. I was like, oh, I can't see this movie. Yeah, I, I I remember. I'm trying to remember. Um, I know you saw Blood Rain because yeah. I think we watched it in the theater, didn't we? Uh, maybe. I think possibly. Um, I'm trying to think of what it was. Basic Instinct Two. Have you seen Basic Instinct Two? See, don't 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 try and get spoilers here. <laughs> I have not. I can't remember any of the other movies. Um, but I do remember Basic Instinct Two comes to mind as as a possibility of things, something that I thought you hadn't seen possibly, but um. But yeah, so I'll be I'll be I'll be fascinated to see like what you come up with in terms of what you think you'll hate the most because you can't get out of this right like to some degree it's like you couldn't if you lied like it, buddy but I've seen the I've I've seen the Gridiron Gang well man. that's fine but I'm saying it's like it's a movie you haven't seen but it's like the mm. movie you think you'll hate the most so you have you you know yourself well enough so unless you just lie. Like I'll you try, know, no, I've I've put I've I've put some things that really make me really hurt me in my heart on this right. list, and and I thought that's what the beauty of the category was when I added it is you got you have to do it to yourself, <laughs> like you have to you have to dig down and like figure out what you think you hate the most and watch the motherfucker, so <sighs> enjoy. Like the Marine is on here. I don't think the Marine's the worst movie of the year. I can't even put it on my short list because I think it's probably entertaining. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh my God. Do you know what came out in 2006? What's that? A modern retelling of Flicka. <laughs> <laughs> Two motherfucking birds. There we go. Bring, but it's not. I'm brings, not it, brings it all back around. So, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good yep, week. Thank you. Have a good night.